Welcome to the first episode of the I Made This For You podcast with your host, Joel DeGenia. In the first episode, I talk with tennis player Francis Tiafa, who is currently ranked number 10 in the world. We talk about how he got his start in tennis, beating Rafa Nadal last year at the U.S. Open, race in the context of this sport, and much more. I hope you enjoy. Here with Francis Tiafa, the number 10 ranked player in the world, uh, does that still feel surreal to hear sometimes, and how does that make you feel? Really good. Um, obviously, it's been a, it's been a crazy journey, um, you know, from where I obviously began to, you know, the man I've become, um, not only on the court, but, you know, off the court. And, uh, yeah, it's a surreal thing to hear all the time, but uh, something I need to get used to. Your life has done a 180 in the last year. Can you take us back to the moment when you decided to become a professional tennis player at age 16? What was that thought process like? How did you know that this could really be a career for you? And do you remember what it felt like heading into your first match as a pro? Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, around 16, I called her. I was I signed and said I was gonna be a pro, and um, I remember I was like, "Geez, well, now it's actually a job. It's quite serious." I remember being pretty nervous to see how I was gonna do, especially how my parents really wanted me to go to college. So, um, you know, I kind of obviously I didn't go behind them. I, you know, I wanted they they knew I wanted to do it, but uh, I was like, "Well, I'm putting all my eggs in one basket, so it better work." <laughs> I mean, it has worked out. And you mentioned wanting your family's blessing to kind of go pro. From the conversation I've had with you, I understand that you wouldn't be in the position where you were today if it wasn't for the sacrifices your family made. Can you talk to us more about that and what family means to you? Yeah, as a whole, uh, I'll, I'll speak about it in a broader sense. I mean, I think obviously it was the cards I was dealt. Obviously, um, you know, with my dad being who he was, you know, helped building a tennis academy, literally. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, being head of maintenance at a very profound tennis center at the time that was really meant to for high hopes and uh, yeah I mean him being able to be the head of maintenance gave me and my twin brother the opportunity to play tennis for free I think in any other circumstance I'd probably be a hooper or probably be basketball I mean a football player or, any, or anything else right I mean mm-hmm. uh, playing a game of tennis just to start is very tough so um, it was uh, it, it was different I mean I'm you know not you know, everyone around me is, you know, very much so taken care of in a sense, you know, in a much better financial situation than I am. Um, they're living a totally different life than I am. Um, you know, I definitely was taking a lot of adjusting, but, you know, my dad was always was always just telling me and my brother, it's not about where, you, where you're at now, it's about where you're going. And um, it's kind of a motto I live by. I'm really interested about your time at the JTCC and your dad's involvement. Can you tell us more about that? Yeah, so, yeah, so ultimately... You know, my dad, also my dad helped, literally was, literally helped build the academy in 99. Mm-hmm. Um, the academy was built, you know, there was a an owner, Ken Brody, who had a vision for his, his kid, and he wanted to, you know, build a huge tennis center, um, and, and built it out, obviously, out in College Park, Maryland. My dad helped, you know, run building it, um, and then once it was built, he was named the head of maintenance there at the club and then you know it, it, it broke ground and then opened in 99 and obviously I was born in 98 me and my twin brother so you know 01 we started going there every day after school my dad actually lived there also um, mm-hmm. so he would he lived there for about 14 years 14 16 years I lived up the road with my mom in a two bedroom apartment me and my brother stayed in the same room uh, most pretty much all my childhood and then mom worked two jobs as a nurse so when she worked overnight I would stay at the tennis center so 
But if my dad was, you know, sleeping, we, me and my brother shared a massage table together, or if he was working through the night, we would sit in his bed. So that was kind of dynamic. And then as as it pertained to tennis, you know, at first it was kind of like, okay, let's just put these kids there after school. My mom's at work. He's at least, you know, around white people, whatever. He's in a good, you know, environment. We'll leave him there. He's fine. Whatever. Me and my twin brother were fine. We were able to play with each other. We always wanted to play tennis together. If we didn't, right. But at least we're in a good environment. Um, you know, and so we don't get up doing dumb stuff in the hood, whatever. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's that's kind of what it was. And then slowly, it's like my dad asking my, you know, twins play an after-school program for free. For sure, everything you do here, we'll let them do that. And that's kind of how that's kind of how it went. And then, you know, slowly they gave us coaches after school. And then a coach really, you know, took me under his wing and, you know, started, you know, really coaching me, coaching me outside of the little clinic hours and, that's when I slowly started going to the next level. I talk about family a lot, but when you were younger, did you realize the positions your parents were putting you in, making sure that you were straight? Because I think it took me a little bit longer to kind of realize the opportunities I had, and I kind of just want to know, like, when you realized that this is it. Totally get that. I think, I think my parents pushed that in our heads. Obviously, uh, being a, being a some Africans, um, you know, they're just constantly like, you know, you you grew up in America, you have a chance to do something great, and um, you know, opportunity. They, they they specified opportunity a lot, and um, but I think now doing the things I'm doing, I think I understand that moment way more. I mean, I looking around, I was like, I, you know, I could use the game of tennis to essentially change my life and my parents' life, right? Mm-hmm. I I knew that from a young age, but now doing it and really understanding, like. days and days and years and years and months and months whatever um to to be so i appreciate that and them having me here in the states right i mean Mm -hmm. you know american passport you know things like that easy to travel with tennis being so worldwide um it gave me a great opportunity i i'm just happy i listened to them and and use it to the to my best ability you talk about tennis being an opportunity to change your life and we kind of witnessed that moment when you beat rafa nadal in the quarterfinals last year at the u.s open your life did a 180 um, can you talk to us about the day before leading into that match, the day of, what your headspace was like? Did you think you could beat him, and what that experience was like as a whole? Funny, you know, me and my guys were talking about, we had a lot of good hopes going into the U.S. Open last year, and, um, you know, one of my good friends, we were like, yo, we need, we need to get to to the fourth round and you and, and, you and uh, Nadal face up and see what happens. Um and that was kind of the, the original goal. And I got to where I wanted to get to in the fourth round just to play him. And, and then after that, like, see what happens. But I, the day I woke up and I was like, you know what, I, I can beat him. I can shake the world today. And I felt really confident. And, you know, when I did that, it was crazy how everything just shook. Everything just, so many messages. Everyone's watching. Everyone's tuning in. You know, so many people from D.C. Like, it was it was crazy. I felt like the, I had the country on my fingertips. It was It was a crazy experience. Um, going into the Open this year, do you have that same goal to make it to the fourth round, or is the goal obviously to win the entire thing? But like, what's your yeah, yeah, so what's your like small goal and then your big goal? I guess. Yeah. So ultimately, last year I ended up losing the semifinals. Obviously, I would love to do that again, you know, minimum, and then hopefully try to win the event. But I mean, I would love to, I'd love to get myself back in that position, and um, you know, I've been there before, and you know, I wanna. I want to see how far I can go. I mean, ultimately, we want to win the event. Mm-hmm. You know, win the event. I think 
um, with all the all the love and you know all the endorsements and what have you that came, I think it would be ten x of, of what would what would come if I were to win the U.S. Open. So, you've mentioned getting celebrities in your DMs, having a lot of support. Who has been your favorite celebrity that you've met in this past year? Uh, probably Travis Scott. Um, seeing him was crazy. Um, obviously he's 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 in legend for everybody right and um he's, he's, he takes his craft so serious and he's so good at what he's done for so long so yeah seeing seeing him and meeting him was crazy um obviously a lot of nba players which they know i'm fans of the nba but i follow the nba so much that it, i don't put them as like superstars i'm like i think we all love music and entertainment much more you know jamie fox and a bunch of other people it's been cool to meet people like that I feel like you go to almost as many basketball games as I go to, which yeah, is yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, they're like more like brothers. I don't, I don't think of them as that. Yeah, you mentioned them being more like brothers. I think you are probably the most supportive DMV fan that I know. Like, you support the Wizards, the Commanders, the Mystics. And before, like, hopping back into basketball, what does it mean to support these hometown teams? And, like, what does Maryland mean to you? I think Maryland's. I think the whole DMV is a super slept on place. I think it's. I think it's a great place to grow up. Um, it really teaches you how to put your hard cap on. Um, a lot of people. I mean, majority of it, it's like it's kind of like the grimy and gutter, and then there's so many people that come out of that area and and this and become successful. And you wonder you wonder the why of it, right? And mm-hmm. um, I think it's solid people all around. I think um, you know people that really want to do something special and. Um, yeah, I just love I love where I'm from. I love everything about it. I love all the energy it brings. Uh, it's a great city. Um, and then I'm going to circle back because I realize I kind of just like asked you two different questions. Yeah. So with you being from DMV, you are a Wizards fan, which is a struggle at times. <laughs> but um, what what do you love about basketball in that game? And I guess supporting the Wizards because it's not an easy thing to do. Sorry to the Wizard fans, but yeah, it's yeah. it's the truth. It, it, it's it's yeah, it's 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 been tough. But I I love way well, yeah, I love the all the love they've shown me over the years. Ted Leon, shout out Ted Leon, since all those guys and all the all the guys on the team, um, all the players uh, that's come and gone. Um, but yeah, I mean they they show me just as much love as I show them, and you know I just feel like I mean one thing in DC is the big brotherhood and sisterhood. I think everyone's super tied in. Everyone knows everyone. Everyone's super connected. Everyone who's doing anything of substance always tries to get together and try to do some great things and um i think why i fell in love with the game of basketball because almost like a it's almost like a escape kind of getaway thing for me from tennis i'm always so tennis 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 and then basketball is a great thing to talk about a great conversation starter everyone follows hoops and um it's not it's something about you know the ball going through the net just because it's a good feeling when i go out and play myself so um but yeah, it's just a fun sport and, and great uh, trash talk sport to talk about. Do you have a favorite moment that you've been at besides you being in a celebrity game? Because I feel <laughs> like I feel like that being a celebrity game is, <laughs> is insane. Pretty, pretty tough to top. I mean, it's pretty tough to top. I around basketball. I mean, I've had you know, brother Providence is here. I've went to many games with him, and we've had some great times at games. You know, getting loaded. You know, having a great time and watching some tight games. Um, but playing a celebrity all-star game is insane. You know, I have a shack watching you play basketball and Chris Tucker and stuff. So it was, it, it was, it was super cool. Um, something I hope to do many more times. Did you get any tips from Brad? 
about like what to do or like what not. Yeah, to do. yeah, yeah. I, I was so mad he didn't. I was so mad he was injured a lot of the time and and then and then come like Facetime and I was like, dude, what should I what what should I expect with All Star Week? And he's like, bro, I just have fun, go to all the parties, do your thing, and just live in the moment. But um, yeah, Brad, Brad is he, he's one of the really funny individuals you ever meet. Who, a guy who's does what he does at such a high level. He's such a solid dude, man. He, and you know, our, our friendship will go on for a really long time. Um, if you're comfortable with it, can you explain how you two met? Because I feel like, I feel like I like kind of met him. I met you through him. Yeah, yeah. So I guess I talk about how he's kind of changed my life because he's introduced me to so many different people and like got me into the game of basketball. And he's also just like brought me to people like you. Like how has his release? How has your relationship with him kind of shaped the way that you view sports or like impacted your game in a way or just how? Has he impacted? Yeah, I think I think you hit it in a nutshell. I mean, he he's he's that kind of guy. I mean, he he shows love. He's he, he's not one to just you know he, he wants everyone to kind of rise up with him. Um, you know, I I obviously I've been a Wizards fan for years. I've been going to game way before Franz Tirko was really a household name, and mm-hmm. the fact that he remembers that uh, I remember Ted Leonis took me back to meet them years ago, back in 2014. I remember they interviewed him here last year when he came to actually watch me at the U.S. Open. He brought that up in an interview. He's like, yeah, you know, I remember Francis coming up, you know, 2014. And that's crazy for him. I mean, so many people probably come to, to see him in the locker room. But, yeah, I mean, I met him through there. And we got close probably the last couple of years. And then I've always been trying to get him to a match. And he was funny. He said he said he always wanted to watch Rafa Nadal. And I was like, well, I'm playing him. Come out. And, um, yeah, he came. And that was his first ever tennis match. Him, him being there was the biggest moment of my life. So, um yeah, we'll always be there to each other after that, and that's kind of how we met, and we've been cool ever since. That's well, I mean, that's how we our relationship went to the next level. We knew each other way before that. Yeah. I'm sure that's sick. I look not to like keep naming dropping, but I remember going out of that match, and we were all talking about KCP was there, and we were just like, "This is our first test match, also." And like, yeah, Pope was there too. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Shout out Pope. Shout out KCP. Yeah, uh, I think Nuggets champ, baby. I think we were like really hyped. I mention race a lot, but I think I come from a place where I was in predominantly white schools a lot, so I always saw, like, white people's uh, success. So whenever there is someone that I can champion that looks like me or, like, can inspire different people, I'm, like, always pushing them to my forefront or always trying to get them, like, in all of my friends' minds because it's really easy to undermine your success and undermine your accomplishment. But I do think as much as people don't like to realize it, like, race does play a big part and things and like I mean I mean race race plays the biggest part I mean just think about (laughs) I'm not I don't even know how to word this probably you know the world is today but um I don't think my run is that magnified if I was white you know I mean I was the first you know African-American male to make semifinals here since Arthur Ashe in 1968 I think it brought a lot of buzz um I think Brad's not gonna come watch this any old other you know white tennis player came to show and trying out a lot of things in tennis now so um i think diversity in sport plays a huge role especially in predominantly white sports the same i'm not even and i'm not comparing myself to him but in tiger woods and golf tiger's playing for more i don't know who the players play golf now because tiger can go follow the game but and that's what i hope to be in this national league game with tiger around uh, in the game of tennis and i think uh i think i'm on the right way for that I, I would agree. A lot of my friends, they hit me up. They're like, oh, like, I'm watching Pro play. Like, 
and this match or whatever, especially Wimbledon, they were yeah, like, oh, yeah, I'm watching yeah. Faux Play at work. No, damn, <laughs> I didn't watch tennis beforehand. Yeah, 100%. But, like, <laughs> it's just really cool seeing someone of your stature and, like, what you look like be put up on the big stage and kind of being a champion for people that look like us no to doubt. push the game forward. No doubt, no doubt. Um, I guess more about tennis because we've been talking a lot about basketball. What is your favorite thing about this game outside of the opportunities? Like, do you have a favorite place to travel, like your favorite – yeah, match that you look forward to every yeah, year. I think a couple of things. I think I think a playing here. Um, again, I mean, it's it's New York. You know, we have no other sports conflicting us. You know, the NBA hasn't 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 begun again. NFL starts after the finals here. So I think a lot of people can you know tune into tennis and watch when like the U.S. Open is kind of like that. You know, big entertainment things like everyone who's who to come. But I I love playing here. I love playing on that court, named after Austin Grass. I love. Uh, I love traveling. I love being able to travel the world um, in numerous places. I mean, I think it helps you as an individual grow and see different cultures and understand why people are where they are and understand why the culture is where they are. And, um, but lastly, I mean, I think I love the one-on-one competition. I love knowing that, you know, if my family or best friends or people come and watch me or come to watch me. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, obviously it's team sports. You still, I mean, you're playing and you're cool with the guys, but you're still watching against other guys. And they have an effect on the game, you know, like whether I win or lose, like it's, it's on my racket, which I really enjoy. And you know, you can pack a stadium, 20,000 people, and they're hit there to watch you. You know, last year at the US Open, you know, people went crazy screaming my name. You know, that, that's they're all for me. That's 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 a lot to hold, but it's it's a, one hell of an experience. Kind of going off of that, I think something that I've noticed watching you play. It really is a you versus you thing when you're going into a tennis match. It's not really like you might be put up against like the number one ranked player in the world, but you could still beat them if you're like mentally in the right spot. How do you prepare for a tennis match, or like what is your routine like to get you in the zone and to like block out the noise? Yeah, I think I think the biggest thing for me is just honestly um, being being fully being fully rested. Know I'm doing the right things. Know I'm eating right. Know I'm sleeping right. Um, because I'm I'm so energetic and I'm also throughout my personality so it takes a lot of energy but um but but ultimately just knowing that really what you just said that i can beat anybody in the world so going so prepping before every match knowing that um you know that that i'm that that i'm that guy and having no doubt i think sometimes um you know some people may live in the past or live um oh in this what if kind of stage and i think just just going out there and be like i i know what i can do and i just got to believe in it How does having the support system that you have, like even outside of your family, like you have people that travel across the country <laughs> to like, <laughs> like not even like me, but like how does that make you feel? You talk about playing at a big light, the, the big stage, having people come just for you. Like, what does it mean to know that you have people that yeah. care that much about you, like on the inside, not just fans itself? No, it's crazy. I mean, you, just y'all, your y'all's family coming out of the women, coming out here, paying hotels, you know, like. Come out watch me. Obviously, we all hang out. We, yeah. we all got so much love. We hang out all the time when I'm home as well. It's crazy. Uh, my boy, my boy Providence comes out like literally just staying out in New York. You know, last year driving up and down. This year, obviously, he's doing it. So, you know, that stuff means a lot, man. Because um, I mean, people are, I mean, these are people's lives, and they're you know choosing to choosing to do that. And I think it goes to show that um, that it's not just about tennis. Like, uh, like you bring, you're, you're impacting so many different people. 
people actually want to be there and build a moment and, and, and see me succeed. And I think that's a testament to who I am as an individual. Mm-hmm. People, a lot of people like me not only when I'm when I'm gifted at it, but like, yeah, I mean, that helps getting in the game. But like personally, like, you know, people generally want to see me do well. And I think that's why I was able to, you know, come out and win that Oscar with the board and, and obviously having the money for that experience with you. I will say, um, when we saw you yesterday, Rob and I were talking about how you shake hands with like everyone that you meet. Like every fan that comes up to you, you make time for them. Yeah. And I think that means a lot to like not just like your fans, but like people watching you because people don't have to do that. And you just like take the time to meet everyone, which is like I've met people who Drake turned me down for a photo when I was like fifteen. And like <laughs> I still remember that. Um so that just like speaks to your character. Like no shade to Drake, because like I still listen to his records. We all do. Um, yeah. But I just think that speaks a lot to your character because you don't have to give them your time, especially right after a match. You just take that time. You shake everyone's hand. You have like not like fully in depth conversations, but like you'll say hi, how are you doing, blah blah blah. And I don't think that's as noticed as like most people. I guess those your other accomplishments. I would I, say. I think I I totally agree. I think I don't think people really talk about. The person I am, because I mean, I think that even all my brand partners, like you know, who I'll be speaking to downstairs, I'll I'll tell you some things you necessarily want to do, but it goes a long way. Um, I people remember that. I, I just totally get like people. Sometimes you just generally don't have the time, but even if I don't, you know, I wave and say sorry guys up front. But I mean, those fans are the people that you know, a promoting your product and then b like they put their hard earned money to come watch. They really care for your talent, so they want to come watch. So. Giving giving them time and plus you know it's uh, you know a lot of people complain about that but I mean it could be worse it could be the other way around and nobody care nobody you know wants the autograph of Rocky Mountain City and you want to be an exclamation point in the crowd so mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to be you want your accolades to be something else um, I feel like the brotherhood of tennis is really strong or even like the sports world of tennis is very very strong because you guys kind of grow up together what is that like being 14 and you're like in this sport I guess even younger you could be younger but what is that like watching these players grow up or like forming these bonds and knowing that like you you could play against one of your best friends and yeah, then yeah yeah it's definitely been going on I mean obviously I grew up with a lot of those guys and watched them do well but then obviously you grow up with you and you know you want them to bring some of that I mean it, it, it helps at, at a point you just keep it pushing you and if you want to get better you get better but there's periods where you're definitely not but yeah, it's it's great that you definitely have some good guys that you can you know you can see each other or you know you can you know reference about or um, but yeah, I mean I I don't know. I mean my biggest thing is also it's also definitely as we've gotten older because like I said, Do you think you get criticized more than your other teammates? Because you get criticized for interacting with the crowd and pumping up the crowd. Um, and does that bother you in any way? Or how do you just, like, block that out? Not at all, because, I mean, I'm, I'm a guy, I'm so, like, I'm, I'm me. I'm me, you know, like, I'm just me. Like, I don't want to give any bad publicity. I don't want people to think that I'm whatever I'm hyping up the crowd. Some people love it, some people hate it.
time. That's a really hard quote. And like I don't know how to follow yeah. that up, but I'm like, I think you can rap this interview. Yeah. If that's like <laughs> Perfect. You sounds good. Um, yeah, you you did well. You killed that girl. You thank well. you. Listen, we're gonna do a follow up, maybe like not this month, but like after this season is done, I'm gonna ask nicely because this is just fun. For sure, for sure. You let me know. But I do have some TV coming out. Fair enough, fair enough. And I'm excited to watch it tomorrow. I'm excited to watch this run. Yeah. It's just like way different. It's way different than last year. I feel yeah, you like feel closer to it. I feel dope. closer to it. I mm. finally understand what's going on. Yeah, yeah. First time I watched a tennis match, it took me at least like four games in for me to be like I guess four sets, sorry. Yeah. Be like, what is going yeah, on? Yeah. And I could barely see the ball at times. Just like, I'm Fantastic. just here to vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now I know what's going on. I'm like, I understand you as a person a lot better, yeah, and it's yeah. easy to root for you, and it's easy to want you to do well. And I guess I just want to say good luck. I appreciate and you. Congrats on all your success. Love, yeah, love. To many more years. No doubt.